0: Praise God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 3. And today, I believe, is a very special day for somebody. God breathed into my heart that I should preach that this is your day. Of restoration a lot of us have been through different things and all kinds of stuff and every once in a while we just need to have our batteries recharged so we are going to claim it today I want you to claim it with me that this is your day of restoration before I read anything from the word would you lift your hands and would you just claim it with me this is my day of restoration restoring strength health spirituality joy peace confidence courage all these things today God will restore and I thank you Lord that this is our day of restoration what a wonderful day thank you Jesus I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I'm reading from the Word of God now, just for a moment, and then I'll let you be seated. In Acts chapter 3, and verse 19, it says, Repent, ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Thank you. This is your day of restoration. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. I'm thankful today to be able to bring an encouraging word. An uplifting word from the Lord. To anyone who has ever failed. To anyone who has ever strayed away from God's perfect will for your life. To you who wonder if God will still forgive. And it was on purpose, that I sang earlier in the service about the girl who said, Do you think I've strayed beyond mercy's outstretched hand? Because generally, people are harder on themselves than they are on anybody else. What they can forgive in others, they have a problem forgiving in themselves. And it's to you that God speaks today. I want to take some quotes from the Word of God. First of all, in our text today in Acts 3.19, I read to you these words. Your sins may be blotted out. Now, when God says he will blot out your sins, he's not just talking about forgiveness. It's good to be forgiven. But this is more than forgiveness. Your sins may be blotted out. And if you know the difference in the original language that this verse was written in, it means that those sins may be expunged. It means that not only are they forgiven, but They are erased. The phrase blotted out properly refers, actually in the old and ancient time, the practice of writing on tables covered with wax. I didn't know this. And then they would invert the stylus, or they would invert the instrument of writing, and they would smooth the wax again and thus remove every trace of the record. That's what it meant to have it blotted out. It would be written on a table of wax, the instrument turned upside down, and a mark would be made through it, and you couldn't read it anymore. It was not only forgiven, it was like it had never happened, no trace of it ever appeared again. So today, you have to understand the generous offer from God is more than just to forgive. Your sins, he said, may be blotted out. Expunged and completely erased. Now, while the devil will never forget, and while the devil will always remind you of your past failures, God says, No, your sins may be blotted out. The times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. This is another direct quote from our scripture text today. We read, Times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Times of, of fresh mental and physical strength comes from the presence of the Lord. That's why whenever you're going through a difficult time, don't stay away from God. Don't stay out of church because you are feeling down. Don't stay away from God's people because you're feeling so guilty. That is not what God wants you to do. The Bible says the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. No one wants to fail. I don't know anybody that goes out and just says, my goal in life is to fail. If I can just mess up, I'll be happy as a bug in a rug. But people do fail. And at some time or another... Surprise, surprise, everybody fails. One guy said, country guy said, get ye off ye high horse. Ye think ye smart, but ye ain't. (laughs) Praise God. Sometimes, somewhere along the line, everybody fails. So the Word of God says, times of refreshing, both mentally and spiritually, physically shall come. They shall come. Notice it says shall come from the presence of the Lord. It comes from His presence. So repent. I'll never forget uh, Brother Charlie Mahaney. How many remember Charlie Mahaney? He's been on to his reward several years and he preached here several years ago and he was quite a guy. He could tell all kinds of stories and and of course you know he'd been incarcerated for some time and he had all that jargon that people use. He called you homie and and uh he kinda used a lot of slang type language, but he had a heart of gold and He had a brilliant mind, which he many times hid quite well. But his son backslid, and he called his dad looking for some comfort. And uh, Charlie Mahaney said to his son, he said, Repent, stupid. It made his boy mad. But today that boy's living for God. You know, sometimes you just have to repent, stupid. You just have to say, okay, I messed up. God forgive me. You know, I know that males are more likely perhaps than females to continue down the road And trying to figure out how we're going to get back to that right road without having to turn around. Huh? Right, brother? Huh? One time I was going up north and I was driving on the highway and I was following my GPS and it said turn left. And I turn left, turn right, and I turn right. I'm going and the road starts getting narrower and narrower. It's in the middle of winter. Finally, I came to a guy that was outside doing something, and I I said, does this road go to Presque Isle? He said, <laughs> it does if you're on a snowmobile. <laughs> that crazy GPS. Heard of another guy that was following his GPS that said, turn right. Well, you know how it says... Turn right, and it means turn right in a little bit. Doesn't mean turn right right now. Well, he turned right right now and turned right onto a railroad track and got stuck. Had to get out, and the train demolished his car. Sometimes on the road of life you take a wrong turn. And the difference between somebody who is going to Come out of that okay and someone who isn't is you just have to turn around and get back on the right road and so the Bible says the time of refreshing will come and so we need to repent and be converted express regret and remorse to the Lord converted in the original language means to return to the path from which you had gone astray (laughs) repent and get back on the road go turn around and go back get on the right road and god promises the times of refreshing shall come see all god's waiting for is for somebody to say i'm sorry forgive me and then turn around and go back and get on the right road too many times people want to say i'm sorry but they don't want to change anything They want to keep going down the same road saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, you can be saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry and keep going down the wrong road and keep going further and further away from God. So repent and be converted and the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I was thinking about this. You know, if you had to take the whole Bible and condense it down to one word, I think you could condense it down to one word and it would be restoration. From the time of Adam until now, the whole purpose of the Bible has has been to get the people back to what Adam lost. The whole purpose of the Bible from Adam's fall until now has been restore, restore, give back, The position that that man had with God in the garden. Give it back. Get it back. Restore. And I I tell you that even when you're sitting there thinking, would God forgive me? Would God really, really love me? Would God really want me? Do you realize it's God that put that feeling in your heart? You're sitting there thinking, oh, I, I hope that God will forgive me. God's already put it in your heart that you would even think about being forgiven. It's God that places it in your heart to ask for forgiveness. So how would he not forgive you when he's put it in your mind that you would like to have that relationship with God back? You would like to have that closeness with the Lord again. You think that you're thinking that, and you are. But God's the one who put that thought in your head. So the times of refreshing will come. It's the theme of the entire Bible The overreaching purpose of God down through time has has been to restore to man what Adam lost in the garden. Actually, we read through this verse, and I know I do, and we don't realize that the ultimate purpose of God can be found in in Acts chapter 3, verse 21. It's the ultimate purpose of God for the whole Bible. And it just simply says, the restitution of all things. That's God's ultimate purpose. Restitution actually is just another word for restoration. So the restoration of all things is the great purpose of God. According to Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he said, Men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet... And knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he would raise up Christ to sit on the throne. Now we go reading through the book of Acts and we don't take too much pay too much attention to this part of Acts chapter 2. He said that David was a prophet. We always think of David as being a king. Right? But the apostle Peter and I put a lot of Credibility into what Peter said on that day. In the same day that he said Acts 2.38, he also said that David was a prophet and that from the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, God would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Are you with me? Now stop and think about this for a moment. Psalm 51 was written by who? David. Psalm 51 was written by David. David was not only a king, he was an anointed prophet. As you read this Psalm, I want you to remember that it was written after his affair with Bathsheba, and after his murder of Uriah. And David wrote, Under the inspiration of God and prophesies in Psalm 51, and it's after his adultery and it's after murder. David penned Psalm 51 after Pastor Nathan had confronted him with his sin. This psalm was his response to the prophet Nathan. Were it not for David's restoration, we would be missing one of the most beautiful, meaningful passages in the entire Bible. But God, after David's sin, restored him, and a whole psalm is put into the Word of God by him after his fall and after his restoration. Remember, if it were not for restoration... You'd have to go without Psalm 51, and there are several other psalms that the scholars, that I couldn't prove, but I think they're right, several other what they call penitential psalms that were written by David after his fall and after his restoration. You'd have to cut those out. Those would not be allowed into the Holy Scripture unless he was restored. But even more importantly than missing one of the most beautiful and meaningful passages of the Holy Bible, you would also be missing your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ's lineage, according to the flesh, came through a restored and forgiven David. You wouldn't even have Jesus if it wasn't for restoration, because it was after David was restored. That he wrote Psalm 51. And if God had not restored him, you would be without a Messiah. You would be without a Savior. But God allowed Jesus Christ to come according to the flesh through the loins of, re, of restored and forgiven David. Which makes me wonder, what does Jesus have in mind for you? Why would it be that David would feel so bad. And and why would it be that God would restore him? And why would it be that he said, Not only will I restore you, but the Christ shall come from your loins. Not only will I restore you, but I will let you write Scripture now. That makes me wonder for the person who's listening today who's wondering, will God forgive me? Can I really be forgiven? Can I live for God? It makes me wonder what God has in mind for you because God has a purpose for your life. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God called you and he never changes his mind. He never says, oh, I didn't see that coming. I got blindsided by that. When he called you, he knew your weaknesses. He knew your failures. And he knew how he would restore you. He knew that this day is your day of restoration. I wonder how many souls will be saved if you will get up again. I wonder why the devil's beating so hard on your head. Could it be because he sees that there is a great number of souls, there are people that God has intended for you to reach, and as long as you walk around unrecovered and unrestored, those other people will go straight to hell. But because you allow God to restore you, you're going to be the hand that reaches out to others and helps others to come back to God. Can I hear a witness? Your past is past. Nothing will change it. For your own sake, learn from it and let it go. Stop beating yourself up. Stop allowing the devil to beat you soundly every day. You have to learn from it and let it go. When a flashlight grows dim or quits working, you don't throw it away. You change the batteries. You're worth far more than a flashlight. You don't throw that flashlight away because you you needed to change batteries. You just change the batteries. You're worth far more than a flashlight. And God wants to help you. He wants to help you change that battery. You just need to get under the spout where the glory comes out. You need to get into His presence. Let the presence of God wash over you like a shower. Let the presence of God come down and and hit you in the head and and cleanse your mind and and your thoughts and your heart and, and your whole body. Let the presence of God give you strength and courage. Let the presence of God give you joy. Satan, I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. You were always, you were always the accuser of the brethren and you haven't changed one bit and you're going to hell one day, Mr. Satan. You're going to be thrown into hell. But as for us, this is the day of restoration this is the day of somebody's restoration today. this is the day that you allow the blood of Jesus to blot it out God turned a murderer named Moses you don't think of Moses as a murderer do you? Whenever God touches somebody, He changes them. That's right. You think of Moses as a mighty prophet of God. But if God had not restored him, he would have lived and died under the title of murderer. But God restored him. God turned an adulterer named David into a man after God's own heart. You don't think of David as an adulterer. You think of David as a man after God's own heart because when God restores somebody, He does it completely. God raised him up from the ashes of defeat and placed him in the ancestry of Christ. God turned a fearful man named Gideon into a man of valor. You see... God specializes in giving people fresh batteries. Your failure is only fatal if you won't repent. If you purpose in your heart, you're going to continue doing what you've done in the past, then your failure becomes fatal. But if you're willing to repent, If you're willing to ask God to forgive and if you're willing to turn your back and and walk after God and and even while you're trying, if you slip and fall, it doesn't have to be fatal. You ask God to forgive again, you get back up and you try again. Somebody said, well, how many times do, do you do that? You do it until you finally overcome it. You keep getting up until you don't have to do it again. You keep trying until you win. You don't give up. Hallelujah. If you will repent, here's what the Lord had me write down in my notes. Your stumbling stone will become a stepping stone. The thing that tripped you up will be something that God will turn into a stepping stone so that you can help somebody else that may be battling the same weakness that you battled. God can turn your mistake into a valuable lesson that not only helps you, but it's going to help many others. See, what the enemy meant for your harm, God means for your good. And God is even able to turn your mistake into something that will be a blessing to somebody. The prodigal son remembered the father and his father's house. And the Bible says in Luke fifteen twenty, he arose and came to his father, But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Listen, what does that tell you? Who's telling this story? Jesus is telling this story. He said, well, the prodigal was out of everybody else's mind. Well, the prodigal was gone and removed from the picture. But while he was still a great way off, his father saw him. Nobody else saw him, but his father saw him and had compassion on him while he was still a long way, a great way off. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. What's that? That's repentance. But the father said, as soon as he repented, he said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring here the fatted calf and kill it, and let's eat and be merry." For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. So there's there's four points I notice from this portion of the prodigal son story. I just want to make mention of them really quickly. First, his father saw his wayward son returning while he was still a great way off. Friend, before you even thought about returning to God, God was already thinking about you. Number two, I noticed that the father didn't put some kind of a secondary robe on him. The Bible said, he said, bring forth the best robe. When God restores somebody, he doesn't give them a secondary position. He doesn't place them and say, okay, now I want you sitting over here on this third robe. Here, here's, a, here's a robe I want you to put on. Oh, it's, it's got a scarlet A on it. Yes, and you will be reminded every day of your life, you stinker. No, God doesn't do that. That's what man does, but that's not what God does. God said, bring forth the best robe. I want the best robe in the house for this boy that's gone out and spent all my money. This boy that's gone out and wasted uh, what I gave him on riotous living, and he's made a lot of mistakes. I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. He's repented. Bring the best robe put on him. And then I want you to notice he placed a ring on his finger. That ring is, is symbolizing of covenant. He is bringing that boy back into the covenant, into the covenant that he originally had with his boy. He brings him back to the covenant. So the Bible says he says, "Put the ring on his finger. I'm putting him back in covenant. He's not going to be somebody that you're going to look at and say, "Oh yeah, that guy, he'll never amount to much." No, no, put the ring on his finger. Bring the fatted calf, give him the best robe." that reminds me that the fourth thing that that I see was that the father had been planning on him coming back for a long time. It takes a while to fat a calf. Before the boy ever thought about returning, father was already thinking about it and fattening up a calf. He was prepared. Now is the time of your restoration. This is the hour. Matter of fact, let me show you something else. Today is the time for the fulfillment of one of Joel's prophecies. It's found in Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Watch what it says And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the pommelworm, my great army, which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God. That hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I want you to notice that one of the prophecies that Joel made was I will restore to you the years. There are people that have been gone for years. They have lived a life of sin for years. They turned the prodigal lifestyle and they've been gone for years. But Joel said in the last days, he said, I will restore to you the years. What that means is uh, somebody's going to be brought back to God. You're going to come back to God and you already understand the oneness of God. You already understand the new birth and and the separation from the world. You all understand that. Years are being restored to the church. And your years are being restored. God said uh, that he would restore to you the years. Folks, when this army of prodigals uh, begins coming home, there's a lot of classes uh, that they've already had. They went to the school of hard knocks. And they were raised, and they know what the doctrines of the Bible are. They are literally coming in and going to save years of teaching and training, and they're coming, and they're on the way. matter of fact. I think I hear the footsteps. Your kids are on their way home. Some of them may not know it. Some of you who are watching online right now, you may have been tormented by the devil and the devil saying, "Would God really receive you? Would God really restore you?" The answer is an emphatic yes according to the word of God which cannot lie. Matter of fact, he said it's after that he restores the years. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It looks to me like God wants to restore you so that you can help in the outpouring of the Spirit upon all the rest. Because it says, it shall come to pass afterward. After what? After God restores to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the pommel worm, worm, caterpillar, my great army, which I sent among you. When I restore those years, it's going to come to pass afterward, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. You see, the devil's fighting so hard because if you will let God forgive you and begin to let your light shine, you are going to influence people better than anybody else in the whole world. God is restoring years to your life. Hallelujah. I believe that God is stirring up people right now. I believe that God is stirring up people's hearts and they're saying, God I need to get back, and the devil's saying, well, you can't get back. You can never be what you would have been, but that runs in conflict with the Bible. The Bible says, yes, you can. Matter of fact, restore means to make like new. And I know there are folks that have walked away from God, and they've tried to join themselves to the citizens of this country. And the world has sent them into the field to feed swine. They've tried, but they're getting hungrier by the day. And no man is giving unto them. You see, nobody in the earth, nobody in this world can give you what you lost. Only God can give that back. And you're being awakened and you're being called by the Spirit of God. God's calling you to come home, be restored. Don't make the terrible mistake of saying... When I get everything all straightened out, I'm going to try to come back. You have to come back with your baggage, bring it to the altar, leave it there. God can renew. God can restore. God can deliver you. If you have a hang-up, God can set you free. If you have an addiction that you've picked up in your prodigal years, God will set you free from that. Hear me today when I tell you, you come to God just as you are, and let God restore you The minister had just closed a revival in a huge Midwestern city. Stepped on the train. he's on his way home. He found himself seated by a young man. For nothing better to do, he just tried to start up a conversation. Just something about the weather, just to kind of help the time as they traveled. He noticed he didn't receive an answer, and he looked over at the young man and was surprised to see Tears streaming down his cheek. He said, Son, I'm a minister, and I'm a preacher. I'll be glad to help you any way I can. And the young man, through his tears, proceeded to tell this story. He said, Preacher, two years ago, I got so mean and hard that my mom and dad couldn't do anything with me. Wasn't anything but a source of embarrassment to them. Things got so bad that I even hit my dad one day with my fist. He told me then, son, I hate to do it. It's going to break your mama's heart. But I'm going to have to ask you to leave this house. Just get away and we don't want to see you anymore. He said, preacher, I've wandered all over this country for the past two years. Then about two weeks ago, I gave my heart and my life back to Jesus I wrote and told mom and dad what had happened told them I'd be on this old train told them I was coming home preacher said well that's good but how do you know you're going to be welcomed how do you know if you're forgiven or not he said preacher I told dad in the letter that if everything was all right they could forgive me and if they could forgive me for all the pain I'd caused if they just hang a little white rag in the top of that old apple tree, I could see it from this old train, and I'd know it, and I'd know it would be all right for me to come home. He said, "Preacher, would you mind looking out there and tell me what you see? I I want to go home so bad. I'm so sorry for all the heartache I've caused. Would you look to see if one little rag might be in the top of that?" tree. Well, the old preacher, not knowing what to expect, not knowing the circumstances, dusted the window off, looked out, turned around, had a big smile on his face. He said, son, you can relax. That apple tree's in full bloom. I've never seen so many white rags tied on anything in all my life. And that's not all, standing out there under that apple tree. I think that must be your mom and dad they are waving a big white bed sheet. I think they're saying, come on home, son. And that's just like God. Doesn't matter how far you've sunk. Doesn't matter how much you've wasted your life. If you will truly repent, that's the key. Ask God to forgive you and mean it with all your heart. he'll welcome you. This is your day of restoration. Would you lift your hands with me? I worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I lift up your name.